Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant Podcast. Today, we are opening up the hood and we are looking at the nuts and bolts of a couple conversations that we've been having on staff. The first one is about youth ministry. That's my expertise here at Coastline. And so we talk about deprogramming youth ministry in the face of COVID kind of after our fall Fandango on Tuesday, October 5th. And it's a really fun conversation where I get to just kind of brag about how awesome our students and volunteers are. And then we transition into a conversation about our 6 p.m. service. This has been something that we have talked about as a staff for a long time. And we're kind of letting you guys in a little bit on our thought process and how we're making the decision to keep or to take away the 6 p.m. service. You'll have to listen to find out. So this is a really fun episode. This actually might be my favorite one yet. Sean Garrick and I just really get to have an honest conversation and talk about the things that we've been talking about since Coastline started. So hope you listen, hope you enjoy, and we will love your feedback in regards to the 6 p.m. service. Do you agree with our decision? Do you disagree with our decision? Why? Tell us everything. We want to hear it. Just let us know on a Sunday or text us or email us or whatever. We would love to have that conversation. But until then, we will see you next week and every week after that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Coastline Covenant podcast. You are hearing this on Thursday, October 7th, but we were recording this Wednesday, October 6th. It's Sean Hurley's birthday. Thank you. I intentionally have not acknowledged that it's his birthday because I knew we were recording an episode today. Thanks, Hunter. So now we have on the phone. Dave Matthews. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would feel so I would be so excited and I'd feel so awkward. What would you say to him? I wouldn't want to say anything to him. I wouldn't. You know, because like I've met a few of my heroes in the past mm-hmm. and it's been horribly awkward encounters. Yeah. And it's always been my fault. Yeah. And so <laughs> I would not want to meet him because I would screw it up. Yeah. There's like a whole history that you have. And you can't convey that in 30 seconds. I'd probably start crying. And and then then what's he going to do? That is awkward. And then, he was gonna do, <laughs> and then what am I going to do? Yeah. And so That'd be a birthday gift for everybody else to hear that. <laughs> to yeah, hear right. the conversation with you crying. I do have a greeting from Boyd Tinsley, the violin player. Yeah. It was given I, to me by my friends. And when they played it for me, I cried. Wow. Yeah. Garrick, do you have anybody in your life that if you met, you would cry? No. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not exciting. No, no. I think we all kind of expected that answer. <laughs> also, do you hear I, I want to know, Sean, what is your birthday yeah. dinner? Uh, that like, was what my is next the, what, Oh, was it? Sorry to steal it. You, What's the like, dude, it's your birthday. This is what I want for dinner. You guys, this is something you need to know. My birthday is not important to me in the least. In the least. Then why are you wearing a shirt that says, it's my birthday? (laughs) (laughs) So like literally everybody's sick in my house right now. Like if you hear some crackling in the background, that's just my lungs. Um, So nobody did anything for my, my my daughter made me cinnamon rolls this morning, but no presents, no nothing. Call didn't even wish me a happy birthday on the way out of the house. (laughs) Like nothing is happening because everybody's so sick. And I'm just like, look, we'll do this someday when we feel better. Yeah. Wow. But what is your birthday dinner? Like if you if you cared about your birthday today and you had the opportunity to have a dinner. Well, today I'm going to Dodger Stadium for the game. And Big so day. I'm going to get a Dodger dog. Oh, nice. And that's that that oh. will be the dinner tonight. And that will be enough. Did you guys see that article that said like every hot dog you eat 36 minutes off your yes. life? Is a Dodger dog 72 minutes off your life? Here's like the scary part, right? Imagine all the wiener schnitzel I've eaten. <laughs> Like, I really feel like there's a chance I'm not going to make it out of my 40s. 
Sean, you better talk fast in this podcast just in case. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. Is that why your sermons are so fast? Is that why you talk so quickly? He's on borrowed time, baby. Yeah. What a good joke. He's on Wiener Schnitzel oh, time. That's so funny. Yeah, that's funny. Well, happy birthday, Sean. Yeah. The Coastline Thank Community. You. Definitely. Etern- very thankful for you. Um, 29. Big, big day for you. I know, right? Oh, next year's going to be weird. 30. So strange. Well, uh, I gathered Sean and Garrick here today to do a little bit of a kind of nuts and bolts episode, looking under the hood a little bit. We've been getting feedback the past couple of weeks about people enjoying the episodes where we talk about process and why we end up making some of the decisions that we make. And there is a big decision on the horizon of Coastline or a big decision that we've been trying to make and processing, a big conversation we've been having. And it has to do with literally one of our worship services. Yeah. Um, and it's been a conversation every single meeting we've had um, in some official or unofficial capacity. We've we've sought outside sources and we've had like a covenant church planter walk us through some uh, some of the ways to think about it. So I, I just thought it'd be fun to talk about how we're having this conversation, if we've landed anywhere, if we haven't mm-hmm. landed anywhere, just kind of let people into the process. Um, but last night I, I did want to kind of plug a little bit. We had you our should. big our big kickoff. Yeah, the, fan, the Fandango. Yeah. And nuts and bolts of that was it was fun. Yeah. Yeah, it was real fun. It looked great. It was fun. You came by. Garrett came by. Played some arcade games. I did. Yeah. Was that was that exciting for Dude, you? It was so nostalgic. I felt <laughs> like a high schooler again playing Galaga. It was incredible. Yeah, those yeah. they're they're pretty fun. So we had yeah. um, my kids came home pretty pretty excited. Oh, did they? Yeah, that's good news. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna ask. Yeah. My kids came home covered in milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we played. That was a. I I kind of prepped that game and I went up on stage or you know I went up on the mic and I was like, okay, so. This game has no point. There's no winners. There's only losers. Um, <laughs> come eat some cereal. And then I had Tyler Newcomb. Shout out Tyler Newcomb come up. And he knew the game. And so he was like the willing participant. And then I, I he started eating the cereal. And I was like, hey, Reed, can you get me the like special tool? And then he brought me the leaf blower. And well, stick. like, and, but yeah, explain the theme. Like the theme of the Fandango is the space. Space. Yeah. So, space. so I, I originally had all these like space themed games. But what I found post COVID and a little bit nuts and bolts conversation is like, the more I deprogram, it's actually the better I'm doing my job. Because like, I think you have this idea with like youth ministry that you have to program so much. You have to like, keep them engaged, keep them excited, keep them like fed. And, mm-hmm. and there's so much wisdom there. But also I'm finding that like post COVID, all they want to do is hang out. Mm-hmm. All students want to do is interact. And, and church actually provides a safe place to do mm-hmm. that. And so the more that I am getting in the way of them interacting, the more of an enemy I am to them. Yeah. Like the more I'm on stage, like, preaching they're like looking at their watch like, okay can we get into small group now like small groups where we really come alive yeah. or the meet and greet or the hangout time and so uh, i had all of these games planned all these like upfront games and i cut all of them except for the leaf blower game because i was like i'm not going to pull students away from this really fun moment and so that's kind of been my mo with mm-hmm. youth ministry in coastline like deprogram your youth ministry mm-hmm. uh, it's very counterintuitive coming from you know rolling hills impact when that program was the same from yeah. Sean when you were the high school mm-hmm. pastor. It's, you know, you have your game, you have your sermon, you have your yeah. small groups. And so to, to rip that apart and to kind of blow that up has been really challenging, but also really fun. And I think really rewarding. Yeah. You know, it's a brand new youth group. Y- you, you don't know how many students you're going to get. We're about 7,000 every Tuesday. So wow. it's, it's really fun. Now. Wow. We're cramming. Them it in. feels like it. Yeah. It feels like it. No, we had about 55 students there last night. So it was just fun. It was really fun. And thanks to the coastline, uh, people who came and helped want to shout out Rochelle mm-hmm. and Nikki and Michelle Stout. Yeah. I mean, three solid, solid, solid volunteer help. I mean, Nikki and Rochelle get paid. Michelle, solid volunteer. 
Uh, it was it was really nice to have them. They like blacked out the youth room. They like got up on ladders and covered the windows with black sheets, and we put lights. Every I mean, they they just crushed it. So it was so fun. Could not have done it without yeah. the competent and yeah. insanely dedicated volunteer staff. Yeah. And just even as I was there for a short time, but even watching, you know, having Julia there and Jared, just the volunteer staff yeah. showing up early, setting yeah. up, and their excitement. Um, again, just shout out to you. you. Have such a great team. Oh my gosh! And I, I want to highlight how significant it is that you have. Um, seen that and are aware of that, you know, because a lot of pastors are talking about, you know, what are the lasting impacts of church post, um, you know, walking in this pandemic. And I think that's really important that you've highlighted that and said, actually, you deprogram yeah. and you end up with a better ministry experience. Mm-hmm. I think that truth or that insight is really significant because it's going to drive how you're going to do ministry yeah. for the months ahead. Yeah. For the foreseeable future, that's how we're going to do it. You know, there's no like small groups. We're just doing big group and then we kind of break them into small groups every week differently. So you're in a different group with a different leader every week, which has been really fun. The, the word I keep using is access. I want students to have access to each other and access to leaders. Uh, so that, that's that been really fun. Probably won't always be like that. Like I think there is a really high value of like a, a all-girl high school group. You know, like a yeah. 10, 10 to 12 girls all able in the same life stage or, you know, seventh grade guys in the same life space. But right now we're not there. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that's been really fun because you can kind of program to where we're at. And the advantages of doing Coastline right now is you're able to be really nimble, right? Yeah. Since we don't have anything set, like you can adjust to the pandemic and you can adjust as we come out of the pandemic, adjust Right. As kids' needs change, as they re-socialize, as they get back into school, right, we'll be able to keep pivoting and changing based on what you think the needs are. Yeah, and it's fun. The feedback loop with, with youth ministry is so much different than like the feedback loop that you guys have. You know, mm-hmm. you guys preach once, twice, three times a month, and the distance. At Coastline, it's a little different because we are so much smaller, but like with youth ministry, if I do something that a student doesn't like or doesn't land, they will tell me. 15 seconds after we're done. (laughs) I hated that. That was stupid. And you know, you don't give a hundred percent of weight to that, but you do listen to it. Mm -hmm. And so when I do these big swings, like we'll be cleaning up and Colin will be like, meh, or Colin will be like, that was really fun. You know? And I, and you know, I listen to that and I have some students who are like, I hate this. I love this. But over the summer, that was like a really intense learning curve for me because I can program a youth night easy. And Mm -hmm. that first one we had like June, 13th or something after the big the big summer kickoff we had like you know dozen students there and I'm looking and I had a sermon prep I had games I had and I was like no we can't do this like they don't want this they want to just interact so we did like speed mingling for an hour Mm -hmm. and I had a student say that was the best night of youth ministry I've ever had wow yeah and I was like well that is a lot of work for me now to rip apart this whole sermon series I have but you know that's that's what we have to do so yeah it's been fun coastline has been fun it's been nimble like you said Sean Mm -hmm. Uh, it's it's been really exciting so thank you families students everybody the the joke of last night though was I I mentioned something about the podcast and students just kept saying you have a podcast you have a podcast and I was like I don't know if you're joking or if you're not but you're making me feel really stupid <laughs> well in an era where there's so many podcasts yeah yeah it's nice to know that this one stands out amidst all of them yeah you know three white guys talking on microphones <laughs> talk about standing out we we are we are the resistance That's right. <laughs> No, this is fun. We love we love the podcast. It's been it's been very rewarding. And the podcast is fun because we can do things like this. Talk about something super hyper local like the mm-hmm. Fandango and something also super hyper loco logo local like the six PM service, yeah. which is kind of where we want to mm-hmm. transition the conversation. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so a conversation and a discussion we've been having among staff since we started doing services is mm-hmm. how many services to provide. We, we come yeah. from Rolling Hills. A lot of our listeners do as well. How many weekend services? Four or five, right? If you count all of them, including the language services, uh, you're like at probably six or seven. Yeah. That's what it was pre 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 COVID. Yeah, now, I don't know what it is now. So we we come from a service driven Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Yes. And so when we were when we were talking about how to figure out what we're doing, the conversation. Tell me a little bit about how did we decide on how many services? Well, we had no idea how many people were going to come with us when we started. You know, coastline. Uh, Garrick, we were leading about a thousand people probably between our two services, uh, on Sunday. And, um, when we did Easter, we probably had about 500 people at Peninsula, Mm -hmm. 400, 500, Mm -hmm. uh, and launch team, we had probably about 150. Mm -hmm. And so you have these like numbers, right. That are across the spectrum of size. And so as we go to start coastline, how many services should we do taking into account St. Andrews? We just settled on two figuring that over the course of time, we could kind of adjust those services based on our need mm-hmm. or on tenants or on momentum. And the number that we originally set was, is we can get 60 people in the six o'clock service. We're going to be good. That's what we thought the magic number would be to make it, uh, make the service work, to make it sustainable, to make it valuable. And and that was the original target that we kind of put there. Now, was that, did we have an, a number for the 4 p.m.? No, no, I, Derek, we didn't, right? No, Mm-mm. no, we just kind of knew that that would probably. Well, you know, honestly, what what did we know? Yeah, we didn't. We yeah. what did we know? <laughs> no, we we didn't know. We knew very little until we started the launch team, mm-hmm. and the launch team gave us okay. We've got a hundred, hundred and thirty, yeah, maybe some hundred and fifty people with us. Um, the other piece in this was, you know, you're still in the middle of COVID. Mm-hmm. And when you think about, okay, we're asking two questions. How many people do we have? Mm-hmm. And then how many people can we fit indoors? Right. Because oh, another yeah, part yeah, of yeah. the equation social was we were yeah. still social distancing. Mm-hmm. So we, we without even knowing our numbers, if our numbers could be 200 or they could be 500. Either way, we knew with social distancing, we would need two services. Right. Yeah. So that was part of how we ended up like, we're going to need two. Yeah. So... That's interesting. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't remember the four p.m. number conversation. So I just wanted to loop back and be like, "Did we even talk about well, how many we people th- we thought, thought we were going to do a five o'clock and a seven o'clock?" Right. And the big conversation was over kids' nap schedules and dinner and, and dinner. We yeah. Just, yeah. You know, I, if you would have told me to guess which service was going to be bigger, I thought it would have been the later, but it's it's earlier. Is that the same with you, Garrick? You thought later? Yeah, I thought later. Same here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was going to be the later one. Yeah. But so we decided on Which four and six. It's a good lesson that you have three guys trying to lead something and all of us were wrong. <laughs> yeah. So that that says something about listening to and other people. W- and we're willing to admit it. Yeah. We were wrong. More about we're the sorry. Just of forecasting anything in COVID. Yeah. Good luck trying to anticipate what anything looks like in this right. new reality that we kind of right. live in. What's tracking with people? Mm-hmm. You guess one thing. Yeah. It's the opposite thing. Yeah. You know? So, so we decided on a four and a six. Thought six was going to be bigger, and sixty was the magic number. Yeah, that we kind of pulled off you know, the top of our head. We thought right. that would be it. And the challenges have been that we've been more or less around forty-five to fifty the entire right. time. Right. We, we've had some dips there too. With a few weeks of like twenty. Yeah. Um. Which, you know, if we go back to the numbers, we can see that was due to baby dedications or other things. But there's been weeks where we um, scared ourselves with how small it was. And we thought, what are we doing? Do we even do it tonight? Yeah. Do we invite people to Starbucks and we just do this there around a table? So we've had some low weeks and also really, really solid weeks. Mm -hmm. 
let's let me ask a vulnerable question here. What does that do for you? Maybe try to put your ego aside for a second. Like as a church planter, is this like you see a 20 person service and you're like, this is what happens when you plant a church? Or is there like, man, why is no one coming to my church? No, I feel like we always knew the reason why. Right. We, we haven't had a week yet. Derek, at least I haven't. Where we thought, what happened? We always knew that we kind of self-inflicted it. Yes. <laughs> that there is a baby dedication. baby dedication at four. People want to be at the dedication. They go to the four. So it's just people moving around the numbers. But um, when it's 20 people, uh, my instinct is wanting to apologize to people like, I'm really sorry uh, that you came tonight. It's not usually like this. Yeah. It's it's a better service. And you you feel bad. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's not necessarily personal, but it is for the corporate and for the person trying to connect. Like I, we yeah. did have some new people come yeah. on a week that at the six, we had had the baby dedication. So uh-huh. there's like 20 people in the room and you did feel yourself going, I hope you come back because this is not normal or indicative of who we normally are or what this feels like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not that the service needs any apology because I think what we put on and what we do in the room with who's there is incredible. Right. Um, but I do think, and, and this is something that I think was I- insightful that we picked up from the church planning coach that we have from the Evangelical Covenant, uh, was this, um, the, the, I'm trying to figure out how, to, how I really want to phrase this. It's, it's the idea of uh, what's taking space, what, what's happening in the room, mm-hmm. right? And allowing that to, to dictate, and it's what's happening in the room match who coastline is yes right like there's a point of is are your goals and your visions coming through um and if they are then that's really fruitful mm-hmm. yeah and so. I, i'd say they are in the 6 p.m and i think people who have gone would definitely agree that yeah there are things coming through even if there are only 20 people in the room yeah mm-hmm. and that's counting the band yeah <laughs> so like yeah. but sean's i mean sean's right where he started it is it's still hard yes it's still hard it's still a learning process and a learning curve and I think it's us, I'll speak for myself, it's learning to settle into the size that we are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and to not overshoot or like compare, but to look at this is who we are and not fight against it and then see the value in it and then think about the strengths that you can harness for how God wants to grow you into the future. Very well put. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was really well put. And so what were the conversations now po- post 20 weeks or like those low number weeks? This is a conversation then, hey, we got to think about the longevity of a service like this. Well, And in, in a sense, when you set your number at 60, when you end up being around 45 or 50, you're, you're actually in a number that's really confusing. Because if you're 10 smaller, it would be easy, right? Right. Or if you're 10 bigger... It's easy again. Right. But we're not quite hitting the mark, but we're also not too far off from the mark. So that's made it this constant ongoing dialogue where we talk each week and we've been wrestling with what are we going to do? And some of you know the congregants have, have picked up on the dialogue and they've been asking the question, what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. And we just haven't really known how to land on the discussion because numbers only tell you part of the story about what's happening in the room, too. Right. And that was the other thing I think we realized was setting a, a number metric was helpful, but... It doesn't take into account momentum. It doesn't take into into account identity. Mm -hmm. And gosh, it's just so hard to forecast the future as well. I mean, what happens uh, to to these services if suddenly the mask mandate goes away in a week or two, right? We have no idea when that's going to change. Right. What if we cancel the service only to need to bring it back into two weeks? (laughs) You know, we have 
a huge online following yeah. that uh, watches us each week. I mean, Hunter, you know the numbers better mm-hmm. than I do. What, what do we yeah, do? Yeah, I mean, some some weeks when we really push the online service, there there are some weeks we're like in the 60s, 70s. Yeah. Weeks where we don't promote it at all between like 30 and 50. Yeah, and so. common thinking about about how do you think about each one of those numbers? If there's a, yeah. that is, how do you count that? Well, you got to consider that sometimes it's like a family, two mm-hmm. to three to four to five. Uh, sometimes people will put it on in multiple locations and since it's one IP address, it's just one view. Yeah. So, you know, every, every one number is up to two to four to five people. So it's not just like 30 people. It might be like, you know, 300 eyes looking at your yeah. screen, Yeah, which is cool, which is really fun. And St. Yeah. Andrews makes it so easy to live stream. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. People stay at home on the live stream for multiple different reasons. We have people who are still really afraid of COVID. And even though we're in masks, it's not enough. Right. And we also have people who feel like their liberties are really being threatened and challenged by this and they're unwilling to continue to wear a mask or frustrated by it. And so they stay home. Mm -hmm. And so on both sides, you know, it's as we talk to other church planners, they tend to lose people on either on one side of the argument and the South Bay, we lose them on both sides. Yeah. It's really Uh, strange, which is, you know, just part of our community. So if that were to change, what would our numbers be? And are we making a decision now that we might regret in as few as, as in as little as a few weeks? That's that's just where we've gotten stuck. Yeah, it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's possible. So, who have we been talking to about this problem? You know, between the six of us on staff, I think repeatedly the six of us <laughs> talking in a circle to each other again and again and again. Well, that's what I was just gonna say. Like in these meetings, three of us will say cancel, three of us will say keep, and then at the end of the conversation, we'll all have swapped sides. <laughs> yeah, right. And I think part of that is just the, obviously the the values, right, right that land that are there on both sides. Right. Like there's I mean, we can start digging into them a little bit, but I think people are going to recognize these things right away. Right. Like if we had one service, the strength and value of all being together, if we had one service, the opportunity Mm -hmm. to not split the community, but afterward, your opportunity not only to see everybody at the one service, but then to hang out and do something, right. you know, if we had a four o'clock, let's say, then, hey, everybody could go do dinner. We used to yeah. do that way back in the early Canvas mm-hmm. days of like, hey, come to Lamppost after the service. And there was kind of a community forged in that. Right. So that would be a great strength. Um, but having a second service is a massive strength for all of the folks that are volunteering. Yeah, that's right. What all the people say. that volunteer at four, particularly with the children, mm-hmm. with, with Coastline kids and the crew, um, that's significantly important Mm -hmm. that they have a service that they are not missing. Right. Right. So there's a significant value there as well. And so we hold both of those values, but when it comes to, do you have a second service or not their intention? Yeah. And that's what, that's been my biggest thing. And I was only able to kind of articulate this recently. Like if we end up getting rid of the 6 PM service and we ask people who volunteer at the four, like volunteer three months, three weeks a month, and then one come to church like we're telling people to volunteer at a church they don't actually attend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is an incredibly anti coastline value. Mm-hmm. Right. Like or you got to go to like a rotation, right? Yeah. Which so is, yeah. you would go every other week to church. And in that case, like for Rochelle, she has to double the amount of volunteers. Right. <laughs> Yeah. So now she needs twice the amount of teachers. That that doesn't yeah. work. Yeah. Well, luckily, Coastline, we have a lot of volunteers just ready to jump in. We'll talk about <laughs> yeah, that in a bit. We'll talk about that in a bit. But all, of, all of that impacts junior high as well. Yeah. Junior high is another great example of there are very significant, important ministries mm-hmm. that I think find their footing um, and are set to really excel when you have the opportunity for a second service. And and here's here's the deal, too. 
this would be easier if the service wasn't any good. Yes. It's right. a really good service. Yeah. I mean, we call it the small and mighty service for a reason because I think we all feel like the worship is louder and mm-hmm. more engaged mm-hmm. and um, more committed than the four, not a knocking you four o'clock, yeah. but the six goes. Yeah. And so even though it's smaller, I think our frequent, and you guys speak to this, my frequent experiences, it's smaller, but it's, um, I'm going to use the word, I, sure, I'll say it, I'll say it's better. Well, it's smaller, but better. Well, I, I often feel like that even when it's small, I come out going, dude, that thing went off. Yeah. We nailed it that week. Yeah, it's that's that's a really interesting response to that. And I think better is an interesting word to use because I'm throwing that out there what, so you can react against what, what <laughs> makes a service better than another mm. service. You know, that's a whole other podcast. But what I will say is when I leave that 6 p.m. or when I'm in there, it if you close your eyes and sing, it doesn't feel like there's 40 people in the room. Mm-hmm. It it feels like there are triple that Mm -hmm. because the energy is so high. And that's what I would say. Like, I think the small atmosphere really breeds kind of that excitement for Mm -hmm. worship. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, I would. (laughs) In reacting to Sean's statement, his provocative statement of better provocative, you know, I think, I think it's, you know, you're looking at it from a participation and engagement perspective. Right. And I would say the, the six o'clock participates and engages in a very rich and deep way. Yeah. And I think that really does help the experience mm-hmm. overall for everybody in the room. Um, yeah. So it's, I mean, that is a great strength that that mm-hmm. service has for, for sure. Yeah. And I, I would say that the weaknesses with the 6 PM aren't like the, the congregation is X, Y, and Z. It's all environmental factors. Sean, you'd mentioned COVID and max mandates. Uh, soon 6 PM will be pitch black. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah. How many times have I talked about this? Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you bring it up every it. time we talk about it. Fifty times, <laughs> yeah. only because I don't know. Right. Like, right. what's it going to be like to drive to the beach when it's February? It's cold, windy, overcast, and uh, it got dark at four o'clock. Yeah. in the afternoon. I just yeah. don't know what that's going to be like. And that um, is, for me, it's the biggest unknown. Yeah. I mean, that's something to really take into account. Mm-hmm. The Covenant Church Planner was like, that actually might bring people to church. Yeah, right? which just screws with my mind, right? <laughs> yeah. Because when I'm like, that's going to hurt us. He's like, no, it's going to be a strength. And I'm like, I don't understand anything anymore. Yeah. Right. There is no truth. Right. <laughs> Amen, dude. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah, I, I got where he was going in that if it gets darker quicker, then people want to maximize the daylight that they do have. Yeah. And so they stay out and then they plan to go to church at a later time when they know it's dark. Yeah. Do you think that the listeners right now are literally shouting like into their earbuds, like guys, no, I'm totally going to go. Or they're going, no, I'm not. Yeah. Kill it. Well, I just yeah. wonder, like, we're like, we don't know. Meanwhile, every yeah. listener is reacting in their own <laughs> Well, way. I mean, I would, I think that, you know, part of this podcast is to let people in a, but B is to also like start a conversation with the congregation. Like we have not yeah. mentioned this. I would actually wager that a lot of people don't see this as a problem. Like we are talking about something and we have been talking about something a lot and someone's going to be like, wait, really? That's the conversation you guys are having. I don't get the sense that we need to cancel the six Yeah. or I get the sense that you should cancel the six. One of the most helpful things that happened in our conversation with Craig Sweeney, who is the covenant church planner that we're partnered with, who's giving us a lot of good insight and wisdom. Shout out Craig. Yeah. So, so Sean and I meet with Craig every other week and then this last Monday, the whole team jumped on with mm-hmm. Craig and we had an hour and 15 minute discussion, which he kind of helped frame 
And one of the, I think, the great values that I hadn't thought of is when he was talking about the tensions of do you have the service or not have the service, he was saying, how much do your people feel this tension? Right. Do they feel this tension at all? Or is this only tension for you as staff because it has implications on wider ministry questions? Um, and I thought that was really profound because mm-hmm. I, think, I think something we learned in that conversation, I would suspect that before we did anything of change, we would start this conversation that we're starting today. And I'm sure we would do a little bit more significant polling and asking some significant questions right. to try to get at do does our community at coastline feel the tensions we feel because if they don't that's that's really yeah. insightful for us because yeah. again we're coming back full circle now we came from a heavy service related i think we carried expectations of our size mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i think as a staff we're learning how to live into like this is the size of the church that coastline is right now and we're going to take this and trust god and grow it into the future and I think if you have a little bit of time of just kind of resting in that, it takes some of that pressure off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The expectation about size, I think, is probably the biggest Achilles heel with this service. Like we we thought it was going to be one thing and it hasn't been that thing. And so we've had to deconstruct kind of our expectations. And now I feel like we're all kind of in this neutral space. And I think in that neutrality, we're kind of like, okay. Let's, let's get some brute facts about this service. We know that it's small. We know that it's mighty. We know that it's engaged, but we know that like we need people to show up. Yeah. And so that, that's kind of the playing field rat right now. Like expectations aside, passion aside, like what we want aside, like that's just what we can kind of see with the service. Yeah. And there's things that would make this discussion a lot easier for us too. Like for example, we are short on volunteers in two key places. One is in tech setup and teardown. Uh, and the other one is in student, I'm sorry, in children's yeah. uh, volunteers. Yeah. If we had, um, let me be just really honest. If we had two more people helping out with doing tech setup or tech teardown, that would change so much for us. If we had five more people working in children's ministries who could be helping run classrooms, that would change the world. We wouldn't even be thinking about this really because the pressure on volunteers would change the conversation. So we still need volunteers in these two key areas. And if you're listening you could honestly change ministry at Coastline if you were to step forward in those two areas. We'll delete this episode from yeah. our podcast feed. <laughs> yeah. We're going to call this this episode Staff Neurosis. It's just like us worrying about things. Oh, <laughs> well, no, staff I mean, neuro- that is that's so funny. funny. Yeah. But I mean, shout out to the tech team. And just so the whole community understands, like if I'm helping out in tech, I'm running the soundboard. Um, which we have now, I think, three or four individuals doing, which is great. They're there at one, and they're leaving at eight. Mm-hmm. So they've got a seven-hour volunteer day. They're there longer than the speaker. That's massive. Oh, for sure they are. That's massive. So I think the community needs to be aware of that. Yeah. That's the shout-out for, mm-hmm. hey, if we can continue to build that team, it'll help everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just also shout-out to them that we recognize it takes a, a toll on our volunteer base and on our congregation yeah. mm-hmm. to have a second service. Yeah. So it's not lost on us. Right. And we want to make sure that those people who come and volunteer and are serving, they are able to, you know, be part of a service that mm-hmm. they are excited about. Yeah. And if, you know, you are there from one to eight and that last service is 10 people, I imagine that there's a moment where you're like, why am I even here? Mm-hmm. Well, it's so crazy. Think about this. Like these volunteers that are running the soundboard, that's a professional soundboard. Yeah. And they are developing legitimate skills that are yeah. like used in industries. Yeah. We have volunteers who have absolutely committed themselves to yeah. learning and to training and doing all this. And we want more. 
Yeah. And we, we want, do. we want we more do. and we need more. And like that, that's just the reality of the situation. We just need more. And even if you just wrap cables and move speakers, we need those people too. That's a huge, huge win for us at mm -hmm. Coastline. Yeah. So, yeah. um, what, what are we going to do? We are going to keep it right now. Uh, we are keeping it and we're committed to it. And ultimately it's because I think we've learned that, um, Size is only one metric that really matters in this conversation. The other part is momentum and feel and uh, exactly kind of does this feel like coastline? And we think it does. And yeah. so we're going to hang in there and go with yeah. it. And I think we finally have peace. I don't think we're going to talk about it anymore this week. After this podcast, I think we're not going to talk about the six o'clock service anymore. Curtains. Think Curtains about that. on the discussion. Yeah. Think about just what happened yeah. in our schedules. You know, <laughs> our meetings will be shorter. Yeah. Less, yeah. less coffee spilled over yeah. this. I, I would I would confirm with you, Sean, that it does it feels like coastline. Mm -hmm. um, what are some things in your mind that we have done that have helped the service, even though it necessarily hasn't grown? It's kind of within that threshold, but it feels like coastline. I know we've done a, a few small but very important tweaks. Yeah. What what are those that I think have helped it feel like man? Regardless of the numbers, yeah. this feels like our goal and this feels like coastline. Yeah, well, it feels I think like family. The, the small things that we've done, we've brought people forward in, we've, in the uh, pews and we've moved down onto the floor. Those things have helped. But here's something I've watched the two of you guys do so well, Hunter and Garrick, is um, the first run through the service of the four is pretty much by the notes. Yeah. You know, we're pretty tied to our notes and we're doing something um, that is very linear. Um, both times the last two weeks, you both have kind of left the notes and kind of let it run and, and kind of allowed the spirit to kind of stir you and lead you. And I've loved that because it's given the service a much more, I'll, I'll say casual because mm -hmm. I think it's a little more conversational. Yeah, I yeah. think you're a little bit freer. Um, and I, I think it makes the service feel alive. It feels more like a living room conversation yeah. rather than a sermon. So man, you guys have both done that. And then just, you know, funny things that happen, you know, while you're on stage preaching that, make the moment, you know, this yeah. week for you with communion, Garrick was like, <laughs> oh was my priceless. gosh. Yeah. Communion exploding in your pocket. Wait, that wasn't in your notes. <laughs> no, I didn't plan that. <laughs> you didn't do that. Communion before. exploding in your pocket, Garrick. And then your dad yelling at you from the crowd is <laughs> because your pants are too tight. <laughs> was this incredible moment. I'm like, I'm so glad I got to watch this. <laughs> yeah. I was so glad to get heckled about how tight my pants are. Yeah. For the hundred millionth time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hunter. I had to deflect it somewhere. I know. Yeah. I know. I understand. You're on yeah. stage. You're vulnerable. You got to You gotta push it off. Yeah. I so had to push it somewhere. I forgive you, Thank but I'll you. never forget. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the, I think the last, the last thing I want to say is volunteers, we are so thankful for the volunteers mm -hmm. we have at Coastline. Like if that was ever unclear at any mm -hmm. point, I just want to circle back and say the tech volunteers, the children's mm -hmm. volunteers, the set up teardown volunteers. It's an incredible team. We need more. Yeah. And more than that, where I think we're committed to going is knowing the conversation about one service or two on Sunday night is important, but there's a bigger conversation that we are, are wanting to have or hoping to have. And we feel committed that the real growth point for us is to get to Sunday morning. Right. Uh, and Garrick mentioned this, you mentioned this in your sermon this yep. last weekend, man, if you want to join us at 1115 and pray, uh, every day for us to find a place and a way to meet on Sunday morning, that would just be a huge blessing to right. us. Uh, we know that we've led Sunday services in the past that were about, uh, we did it twice, uh, both around 170 people. Mm -hmm. When we moved to Sunday morning, um, within about 24 months, we doubled in size. Mm -hmm. And within five years, we had gone from 170 to 
uh, 700. Nice. Uh, so we just know that that's people's regular church schedule. That is our best chance to reach people. Uh, it's our best way of working within South Bay schedules. So be praying for that. You know, we, we are so grateful to St. Andrews. Man, we love them. I just the I cannot sing their praises enough. But we know that ultimately the goal is Sunday morning, and that's where our attention is. And yeah. so the next uh, Staph Neurosis episode will be um, trying to find a way to get to Sunday morning. You want to call this Staph Neurosis? You want to call this that? You know, you named the last one. If it's not clunky, it's still communion. So I really you trust. You named it that. Yeah, <laughs> I You did. said it. I said it, but you named it that. So yeah. I, tr- I trust you, Hunter. You, Thank you. you. It. Thank yeah. you. Wow. It's so nice yeah. to be trusted, regardless of how tight my pants are. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Hey, well, let me say one thing. Please. My alarm went off three yeah, minutes ago. Did. And that was my 1115 alarm reminding us to pray for Sunday morning. And the Dodgers um, tonight. Yeah, for Coastline. Well, yeah. well so, how about we end and, with... And Dodger what? What, Dodger did, you, what did you... Dodger game night. Pray for that too. <laughs> how about how about we end, Garrick, with you praying 11.15? And if you're listening to this, you're not going to listen to this at 11.15. Maybe you are, maybe you're not. But yeah. let's take this time right now and pray let's for a that. Sunday morning service. Yeah. And then that will be how we close the episode. So, Garrick, take it, take it away. Thank you, Hunter. Father, thank you for this time with my brothers. Thank you for their wisdom and insight. And thank you that you're at work in this new family called Coastline. Uh, Father, thank you for what you've blessed us with. Uh, We thank you for the 4 and the 6 p.m. and everybody who's involved in person and online. Uh, Father, we thank you that you're continuing to work in the midst of this family and in this community. Father, we put before you um, in in just a real honest way with open hands our desire to meet as a congregation on Sunday morning. And Father, instead of us forcing it and trying to manipulate it, Lord, we're just asking that you would continue to open the way that you would be the one who opens the door and that we would just be following your leading and guiding. And so we pray that uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord, would you in your sovereign timing uh, continue to work in our midst and open up the right places, the right avenues, the right doors in your timing uh, for us to be a community that worships Sunday morning. Uh, So we trust your hand in that. And Father, as you continue to work, we give you praise and thanks for all that you're accomplishing as we meet Sunday afternoon. So Father, thank you for this day. And we uh, look forward uh, to what you've got planned for us for the rest of the afternoon. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Max Scherzer. (laughs) (laughs) By the time people hear this, they will know. What, what know. What is his money pitch? Dude, he has a plus fastball. He throws a really hard yeah. fastball with a ton of movement. Okay. In fact, like it runs like if you're looking at the, like from the angle behind him, it runs left so hard. So it runs away from right-handed batters. Okay. And it runs into the knees on um, uh, left-hand on batters. Lefty. So it's just, so it's nuts. What is his weakest pitch? I'm going somewhere, Hunter. What is his weakest oh, pitch? Oh, that's so... I know where you're going. That's why I'm rolling my eyes. You know, <laughs> that's the thing is he's been like unhittable, right? So yeah, it's yeah. so there if it, with all these things, it's just location. You know, yeah. if that pitch is over the middle of the plate, if it's not running, okay. you know, if he's not snapping it off, right, then it's fastballs just get pounded. Just get so pounded. Okay, fastballs get pounded. Because so I was going to ask you, like theologically, do we pray for his best pitch or his worst pitch? Oh, I thought you were going to say his strong pitches are four and then his weak pitches are six, but they're both so oh, effective. No. <laughs> Man. That's where I thought you were going. Oh, oh no, that's geez. that's that's too wise to for me. To me, that felt so like good. super low hanging All right. fruit. Yeah. All right, go Dodgers. Go Dodgers. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Yep. <laughs>